Welcome to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to fearless and brave entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. So consider yourself one step closer to success. Why? Because you're going to hear lessons learned through failures, setbacks, and sometimes laughable moments in business. And the resilience it takes to get back up, shake it off, and move you from failure to success as a way to grow your business and build income. Let's go. Hey, welcome everyone to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. And today's guest is definitely walking the walk of a bold girl. I am so excited to have her on the show today. Shatwaka Jackson is a hairstylist and makeup artist, a business owner, a mentor, and author. She studied with one of the most innovative schools in the nation, known as Paul Mitchell. I am so fascinated with her story of relocating from St. Louis to Los Angeles to expand her career in the film and television industry. Shatwaka has Style for BET, reality show Nellyville, right out of here, out of St. Louis, New York Fashion Week, and Harlem Fashion Row for the past seven years. One of her greatest accomplishments this year is styling one of her amazing clients for the Oscars 2020. I know her as Taka. She is passionate about helping others reach their own level of success. Here to talk bold girl biz is a bold girl talking biz herself. Let's welcome Shatwaka to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hi. Robbie. Hi there. I am so excited. So excited. So let's talk about the mindset it it took for you to move from being a successful hairstylist here, right here in St. Louis, to shifting your vision to where you are today? Um, well, first off, um, it definitely was a faith move for me. Mm. Um, even moving to St. Louis, I'm originally from Kansas City and I've lived in, I had lived in St. Louis for like 20 years. Well, exactly 20 years. And mm-hmm. I always knew that it was more for me to do in this industry. And um, I actually uh, had did like a vision board like prior to when mm. in, in my eyes, I was on my way to Atlanta. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh-huh. Because, um, you know, Atlanta was closer. Um, I'm like, it's only like an eight hour drive. I'm close, still close to family. Um, I could still keep my clientele in St. Louis. Uh-huh. I had even got a job at the airport as a ramp agent um, in order to fly back and forth on benefits. Wow. And um, So, you know, we always think that we have the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, my options that I had put on my vision board was Atlanta, New York, in LA, but I never in my mind would have ever thought, you know, LA because I had never been here. Um, I do have family here, but I never visited. And, you know, I was just praying about it, fasting and just seeking God for what was next. And he said, LA. Mm. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
unfamiliar territory. That's all I kept saying. Like I just kept saying, Lord, this is unfamiliar territory. This is different. I'm way away from family. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, some family here, but you know, we'll only see them when I went home to Kansas City, you know, you know, but it's like, oh my God. Like, right. I think, think I stopped crying maybe like four months ago. Oh, yeah. Because you miss family here in St. Louis and well, yeah. and Kansas City. Right, right. Yeah. So on that journey, when you said you had a vision board, let's start there because our audience um, may not know what a vision board is or so kind of walk us through your vision board. Um, so a vision board, usually people have them like at the beginning, of the, like, like for their New Year's resolution almost. Mm -hmm. It's basically like you just have a board and you write down the things that you want to accomplish throughout the year. And you basically, um, you know, some people use, like I use magazines to cut out like different um, things that I wanted as far as like my cosmetic line um, and just write like affirmations and different scriptures that you want to manifest and something that you can always look at. So I just had that pinned on my bedroom wall. Like if I seen like an apartment I was uh, looking at, you know, mm -hmm. I would print the picture out and put it on there. Um, where I wanted to manifest, who I wanted to work with, putting their names on the board. They say, you know, you have to write the vision and make it plain. So that's, yes. what, so that's what I did. So I wrote it down, um, just different things that I wanted to accomplish, different fears, different things that, that I felt like would hold me back. So just, just to get up and see it every morning, it was just like, oh, okay, you know, I need to get on track. I need to do this. I need to do Love that. that. Sure that I'm, you know, just staying on the path. And there's just a, a reminder for yourself. Um, some people opt to do them like in groups. I personally just did it on my own because I don't know. I just did it on my own. Right. And everyone's path is different. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a path leads to a path. And I, I love that you had that vision, your uh, vision board, because it is a staple of right in front of you. It's, it's mm -hmm. vision. Yes, it's a goal, but it is your vision and God's plan and your plan. They match and you walk the walk. I love that. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of your fears when you first started this out. Um, one of the fears was the cost of living mm. mm -hmm. in California is a lot. Like, mm -hmm. um, but also you do make good money here. You just have to know, not trying to live outside your means, not mm -hmm. trying to keep up with the Joneses, um, just being very, um, um, just very, fragile when it comes to like spending money and what you you know what you're willing to sacrifice you might have to stay further out um but still can you know get to like downtown LA or whatnot it's just you know another fear I had was just just me not knowing anybody and trying right. to network and um you know because I can just remember like me first moving to St. Louis and me working at you know my first salon it's like you know people have to be comfortable Yes. Just, just, you know, that's it's any hairstylist. You know, they, they kind of stand back and be like, oh, does she know what she's doing? Is she mm -hmm. professional? You know, is she going to give me what I want? So that was another challenge was just, um, just basically, um, and, you know, just, you know, developing a trust with between your clients. So yes. that was another thing. But I, it was kind of, but, you know, people, people will always tell me like, oh, I'm like, you know what you're doing. Like, don't worry about it. 
but it was just, you know, again, unfamiliar territory. I'm like, Lord, am I really supposed to be here? Or did you really want me to go to Atlanta? And I mean, because we were having earthquakes, like when I first moved here. And I was oh. like, okay, Lord, one more big earthquake, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's your sign. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And that I is was like, I'm definitely not used to this. The earth moving? Oh no. That, that was that was that was that was scary too. I'm like, what? I said, okay now, listen. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Talk about how, um, so you're in Los Angeles, you mm-hmm. started your whole business mm-hmm. and I follow Taka on Instagram and I see that you are, um, in a school. So are you with Paul Mitchell? Uh, talk a little bit, a bit about that and, um, let us know what you're doing and how you're being a mentor to others. Okay. So I honestly, um, I have, I had got my instructor license on my own back in St. Louis, probably maybe almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I always wanted to do. I actually wanted to work at the Paul Mitchell school there, but you know, God has other plans. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I got here, my main focus is just trying to get into one of the production companies, whether it's NBC, Paramount. I was just filling out applications like crazy with them and nothing was, nothing was happening. And I literally came home one day and I was um, sitting and I, it came across my phone, like, you know, instructor for Paul Mitchell School. And I was just like, I really don't want to do this, but you know, money was running low. Um, I really needed to find somewhere to work because, you know, the goal was, you know, to get, you know, to get my own place. And so I contacted one of my instructors um, in St. Louis. Her name is Ms. D. And I asked her, like, hey, do you know anything about the school in, um, in California that's hiring? And, you know, I guess they, they have a way to be able to see or whatnot, you know, who's hiring. And she said, well, I don't see it. Um, so we might just want to go in and just check with them. And so I sent the application off my resume. I really didn't think too much of it. But when she said for me, for me to just go ahead and just go by the school, I was like, why well, do that? Well, I had an interview at a, at a salon space for men's grooming. Um, and I went there and did the interview. And so I just happened just to go into the school and um, talk to the, met one of the managers. And I was like, hi, you know, introduce myself, let them know that I had sent my resume. And, um, you know, just inquiring about the instructor position. And he, he basically was just telling me like, oh yeah. And he asked me my name and he was like, oh, I have your resume on my desk. And he said, we actually are hiring. So when he said they were hiring, but, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because, you know, it's not showing in, I guess, a database or whatever they were hiring, but I guess, I don't know. Um, so, and he was like, well, we're actually going to be contacting people later this week. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I think I thought nothing of it. So as I went downstairs to the garage, to my car, I get a, a phone call from a California number. I'm thinking it's one of the production companies. Uh-huh. And it was him. He was like, hey, uh, you think you can come back today for an interview? And I was like, okay. Wow. But I was on my way to the, the, the interview with the, the, the grooming um, salon. And I was like, well, I can come back later when I get through. He was like, no, don't worry about it. Just come back tomorrow. So I came back the next day. They said they loved me. They loved what I stood for. They loved that I was a Paul Mitchell alumni. And I got hired on the spot. Wow. <laughs> and you were right. hired on the spot. The spot. And- they were like, we usually don't do this, but we really <laughs> love you. And so 
Um, I was tired. They asked me when can I start. I told them that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I call that favor. I mean, yes, and absolutely. you, you were consistent at continually applying and you didn't give up. And that's what it mm-hmm. takes to not to give up. And mm-hmm. look what happened. The universe opened the doors and you said, I can start today. I love that. I love that. And are you teaching other students? Yeah, I'm actually um, the instructor for the final exam. So I actually teach students um, the testing and to pass the state board exam for cosmetology. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, that, like that's my, that's my class. So um, I basically just let them know just not just the whole situation as far as just like, oh, this is what you have to learn to pass, but also teaching them skills as far as just dealing with real clientele and what the client expects and just being professional and um, having, um, being a stylist of integrity. And so, um, you know, they, they probably think I'm, I'm hard on them, but I have to tell them like school is way different than the outside world. Like you have to be willing to, to do whatever it takes to keep a salon running, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, and then they, they understand like when they leave and they be like, you know what, you was right. Or they even come back to me because, you know, they might get a client that's, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, like a little aggressive or whatnot. And, you know, I'm usually right there with them, you know, walking them through, because, you know, they're nervous. Um, I was nervous when I first got on the floor and had to, you know, and I always share with them like my experience as a student. Uh, as a future professional and, and, you know, the things that I went through and like, I'm not above uh, washing towels for the clients or sweeping the floor, picking up trash. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the type of integrity that you want, even, even if it's not your salon, you want to make sure that everything is run smoothly because at the end of the day, the, the, the clients look at the stylist as a whole, not necessarily the owner. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so I try to, you know, just talk to them about that and just, you know, just always being professional, watch what you're talking about around clients, pay attention to your clients. You can't be talking to your friend next to you and the client looking like, okay, is she going to ask me if I want to drink the water yet or no? <laughs> so, <laughs> not trying, you know, you know, pay attention, pay attention to them because, you know, women and men, they, they come to a salon, it's like an escape. And so they want to make and if you look at it like we're really like somebody that they like to listen to and they like to share their story with you never know what somebody is going through and it's it's sometimes most of the time it's like parents are very relaxing and um Mm -hmm. almost like a spiritual connection with your clients right yes people first people first Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. yes and never assume (laughs) right um so you did uh you put together a fashion show Talk about how that got started and what, what was the feeling behind all of this energy with the, the New York fashion show and the, and the Harlem fashion show. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. So with the fashion show, I personally didn't put it together. I was just one of the hairstylists and I started doing this um, almost seven years ago, maybe seven going on eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did is I put together a team. Um, that was going to travel this year to, uh, to do Harlem Fashion Row. Um, it's steered by uh, a young lady named Brandis Daniels. She started this platform, um, Harlem Fashion Row, for um, designers of ethnicity, so Black, Hispanic, Haitian. 
And she basically created a platform because there wasn't a platform for African-American in um, African-American um, designers. Nice. And so I always, you know, would tell my friends like, hey, I'm doing this. Y'all should come um, or whatnot. I was uh, I ended up going with a group of young ladies maybe about five years ago. Um, we actually just came from different parts of, of the state, like North Carolina, South Carolina, um, New York. And we all, I actually had another friend from St. Louis. Um, she actually joined us. And then a gentleman, he's in Atlanta now, but he's a nail tech. And so we did, like, we all just got an Airbnb and we did the show. We ended up doing two shows. Nice. And, um, and so, like, it's really, it's, it's, it's really, really, really amazing um, just to see, like, me personally, I probably wouldn't even knew that we had so many, um, um, you know, African-American designers of ethnicity, mm-hmm. you know, Cuban, like, just. All people. all people yeah just all yeah together. yeah yeah yes. so we did a show the the last one i did was um it was a show with dapper dan um Ooh, i love Nike. dapper dan oh my god when i say <laughs> he's the humblest man i've ever met like just so yes. nice and so we did a show where nike was a sponsor lebron actually got with three designers that they um had picked to do a, a women's shoe for lebron and that was like that was like that was like when uh, Colin Kaepernick had just got the deal with Nike. And so all that unfolded like that. Like, I didn't even know who we were doing the show for because everything was like on lock. Mm-hmm. didn't want to announce it. And, but mm-hmm. when they did, I was like, this is history. Like, that was that was amazing. Like the shoe that they sold, sold out in less than five minutes. So, oh, five minutes. Yeah. Pay, yeah, I can imagine. So that was that was really amazing just to see so many people tie um, that for Beyonce, Misha, which is uh, Puff Daddy's um, son's um, mother, like she's a designer, and just see so many different designers that you see on television or, or that you see in magazines and you see who they style, you see them in a room, and it was sponsored by Nike, so everybody had on ball gowns, tuxedos, but everybody had on a stylish Nike, like it was dope, like it was like a sneaker ball almost, like it was really dope. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So tell us now during this pandemic, um, what are you planning to do to help those who are interested in becoming a stylist going, you know, you, you mentoring, what are you, where where are you taking them to that bold step into owning their own, wherever they want to be or, and become? So one of the things um, I did um, when I was just at home in St. Louis, I did see that um, Elaine Stevens had closed down. And that kind of kind of tugged on me because I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, some of them students probably were close to completing, um, close to um, or just starting. And I know how it is because I started at a school in Kansas City before I moved to St. Louis, but I didn't finish because I just feel like that school wasn't wasn't for me and what I wanted to do um, in my career. And so I even reached out um, on social media and it was like, hey, if you know any students that um, that are affected by this closing to contact me. So um, what I plan to do and what I've been doing is just just continue just encouraging um, even the group of young ladies and men that I put in, you know, the group for New York and just encouraging them just like on a daily like, hey, do this, um, make sure that you, um, you know, just keep that constant 
communication with, you know, your clients or whatnot. So when I first came to St. Louis back in March, when everything happened, um, I basically, you know, just reached out and was like, hey, I want to put together some care packages for um, clients. Mm, okay. Um, me personally, I didn't charge because it was just like a little sample and like sure. a, a load of inspiration. Like, hey, um, you know, you know, because everybody was affected, whether it's financially, emotionally, physically. Like, so I just wanted to do something, let them know, like, you know, because when people get their hair done, that's you know, they feel good. Oh, so, exactly. Um, I have I have a friend, Quenisha. She works for the Urban League, and they have like a food drive. So I went out there, volunteered, and just passed out products, hair products. And, you know, people were like, oh, my God, I wouldn't even think that nobody would do something like this because, you know, right. yeah, but, you know, you have, you have people whose lifestyle is they, they, they're used to sitting in a salon chair every week or twice a week, mm-hmm. or every two weeks, you know, and it's just the small things that that, that we that build our confidence. Yeah. yeah. And so people were like, well, what, what, what do you have? What is, what's in there? And I was like, oh, <laughs> hair products, you want something? He's like, oh, yeah. And just, oh, I'm, I love that. Yeah, trying to do like mini consultations on the parking lot to try to keep the line moving. And I, <laughs> information in I bet you that looked amazing. And, yeah. and you're out there helping. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you have written a book. So tell us uh, about that. And I'm kind of jumping around because I know you have done so much, but I wanted to make sure we get to the book mm-hmm. and how our Bold Girl community can, can get in touch with you. But let's start with the book and tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I was a co-author, me and I believe seven other um, stylists, I'm sorry, not stylists, seven other authors um, wrote a book. And the book was basically um, how your faith shifts everything. Mm. And so we each had to write a chapter of just like the different things that we have been through in our life um, and whatnot. Um, so the book is called Just Believe Your Faith Shifts Everything. Oh, I so, like that. So Hold on. Say see, that one more time. Say that one more time. That was a little fast. Say that one more time. It's called Just Believe Your Faith Shifts Everything. Oh, that is powerful. Yeah. Say a little bit more about that. I love that. So, um, so we basically have to write a chapter um, based on, you know, how we believe like our faith was shifted. Um, so I basically really had to go back into like my childhood um, and basically relive some things that I thought that I was okay and kind of got over. But um, it was a lot of, uh, it was, it was, it was very emotional. It was very hard because I have to relive like the situation when I lost mm-hmm. my mother and kind of mm-hmm. go back with that and, and different things that I've been through, um, being, um, you know, sexually abused as a child, um, mm-hmm. and just went through a lot of things with depression and stuff like that. So it was a couple of times I was like, Oh, I can't do this. Like I had to stop right. like just being so overwhelmed with, Having, having to relive that um, and just basically saying like I always tell myself like it's, I know it's something bigger than what I see I know it's something bigger than what you know that what my life is, is going to be right, I didn't right. see me doing that you know back at home in Kansas City I didn't even think I would see it in St. Louis but you know like you say God has the way of, of of opening doors and, and doing things that we don't know or don't understand. So, you know, a lot of my family um, didn't understand like my move to St. Louis, like right. um, they didn't know 
you know, why or whatnot. And, you know, I have to come like, it, it was not about them. It wasn't nothing towards them. It's just, I knew personally that I had to, it was just, it was just a feeling I had that I was like, I have to leave. Right, if I don't right. leave now, then it, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? I um, do. Yeah. So, um, and that's the same way I was feeling when I knew it was time for me to leave St. Louis. I got the exact same feeling. I said, okay, God, I'm feeling <laughs> this way again. Like, right. what next? You know what I'm saying? So I knew, I kind of knew a couple of years before um, moving here, but I was, again, scared. You know, it was comfortable. I was making good money. I, you know, amazing apartment, consistent clientele, um, around family, around, you know, just, um, just being familiar with everything, you know, mm-hmm. being able to get up and go to my aunt's house or whatnot or, or whoever's house and be comfortable. And I was always helping people, but then God had to tell me like, okay, you, you need to take time for yourself. And that's what I really truly believe that this move was is because I'm so used to doing this, doing this for everybody. And, but right. I wasn't taking care of me. And he was like, okay, now I need you to work on you. Now I didn't put all these things in place for you to do, but I will start doing them, but then I get sidetracked because I feel like, oh, this person needs me. Exactly. And, you know, and, and that is one of yeah. the first steps that we need to take is to first to take care of ourselves, mm-hmm. And then because we can't help anyone else unless we're happy. So right. we have to be happy to help someone else. It's like mm-hmm. a law of re- reciprocity. We continue to give and we get happy and they are happy in return. I. Right literally love that. You have accomplished so many things. Is there an, something else that we need to know that you can uh, let our audience know? What else are you doing? Yes. Tell us more. So I'm basically working on another big project. Um, I don't want to speak on it immaturely, but I'm definitely believing God for, for it. It's going to be really, it's going to be really big and I know like once I kind of get the, um, you know, the ball rolling, I definitely will want to come back and share. But what I'm doing right now is um, I'm basically, to me personally, I believe that I I am in this industry in order to um, just open up other doors and opportunities for other, you know, African-American young men in this industry. Because, you know, unfortunately, at some of the schools that are geared towards our nationality, we're not taught, you know, to work in the industry. We're not taught that you can work in prosthetics in the film industry or work on commercials, television, New York Fashion Week um, commercials and stuff like that. And so when I seen that it was a lack of that, I'm like, well, why not? You know, right. so why that was not? the whole, right. That was I the whole goal for me um, to even put the group together to, to do Fashion Week. It wasn't just, just for this Harlem fashion world, but I wanted to network and do other fashion shows in other states and, and for companies to hire us. And we, we basically will run the backstage for them because I've seen it happen. Um, and I was just stepping out on faith and believing God that he was going to equip us with being able to do it. So it was makeup artists, nail techs, hairstylists that wanted to, to venture out and we can go into schools and we can talk to the young people and tell them like, it's not, you know, we're taught in this industry, you go to school, you get your license, you work behind a chair, or you open up a salon, mm-hmm. or you work with somebody, and that's it. And I'm like, no, like, I've seen where people or, you know, I met Prince's uh, hairstylist 
who worked with him got hired on the spot and toured with him until he passed away. And I'm just like, there's other opportunities out here for us, but if we don't have people that are sharing that with us or, or even wanting to, you know, because of the fear that they might overstep them. But I always tell people, whatever opportunity God has for you is for you. Is for you know, you. one person, yep. one person, you, you sharing that gift with one person is not going to keep them, not going to keep you from going to the next level. But, and like I tell people too, like when we're in heaven and, you know, you know, God decides to, you know, to take us on, we're not going to be doing hair and um, lashes in heaven. Like you have to be able to share those gifts with people because the thing is, I never want to be the type of person that don't, don't pour out everything that somebody poured into me. I because love that. I want to leave. I want to leave this mm-hmm. earth empty and be like, okay, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, no, like <laughs> you, you, your you life purpose. To, yeah, right. you want to be able to share those opportunities, open up their eyes, break generational curses, um, just giving people that extra push they need because if nobody that they're around is telling them like it's bigger than what you see. It is so much bigger. And you are definitely that bold girl that has taken many steps to help our audience. So I hope everyone was listening because Taka has truly walked the walk by faith. She's written a book about it. She has talked about it. And she just really just puts everything out there and lets it work. God is right here He's got her back and she is right here telling you that if she can do it, you can do it too. Uh, so tell us, how can the Bold Girl community get in touch with you? So you can get in touch with me. You can email me um, at shatwaka and at C-H-A-T-W-A-K-A Jackson at Yahoo. Um, I'm also um, here by Shatwaka J on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I have um, everything. If you type my name in, it's on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I personally don't mind giving out my cell phone number because it's on my Instagram. So, I mean, just me personally, I like conversations. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a person. texter. Yeah. I'm not a texter. Um, um, I even, you know, I'm in the billionaires girls club in St. Louis. So I've, had ladies reach out to me and I've helped them, you know, start their own uh, nail lines for them or their kids or whatnot. And, you know, because I just feel like whatever information I have, there's no reason for me to hold on to it. I'm going to give you That's right. Yes. So, so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Your heart is in your business and it's in people. Mm -hmm. I love that. She really is the bold girl. And, I will put all of your information yeah. in the show notes so everyone can definitely get a hold of you. It has been wonderful today, and I know that the audience has been inspired. Thank you so much for your motivation and your inspiration. This is Bold Girl Biz. I'm Robbie Walls, and I will see you all next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Bold Girl Biz. If you've enjoyed today's lessons learned, leave us a comment or review. And for today's show notes, head over to boldgirlbiz.com and click podcast. While you're there, you'll find tools to help you power through your journey to success to achieve your goals. Always remember, I believe in you. 
You are powerful and you are bold. See you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.